Boom, put boom, 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 What's up, Adam? What's up, bro? I'm just doing like the 90s. What's up? What's up? Like that, that was, was a cultural touchstone for like years. It's kind of sad that there are some people that if you say that to them, they will have no idea what you're talking about when that was such a relevant, like you said, cultural phenomenon. Like everybody, even everyone. in like movies, it was like a, a they were it was such a, a thing that they were even referencing it in movies of the time. It was like an inside joke that everybody knew. And then mm-hmm. time happened. And now if I just, if I answer the phone, like, what's up? They're like, uh, we don't know. What's up with you? <laughs> what, what is also, up? What, what is up with that voice? And why are you <laughs> yelling into the phone? That in, in like the, the Budweiser frogs. Budweiser. Budweiser. Gosh, like I don't, had I don't some good stuff. Let's yes, be real. It was we we had we had the Macarena, we had the Yo Quiero Taco Bell, ah, uh, which I mean had the unintended consequence of a lot of people buying Chihuahuas and yes. trying to feed them Taco Bell, and it did not work out. Do not feed your Chihuahua Taco Bell. It's not. That's gonna end. It's gonna end badly for everyone. And you're gonna be cleaning up quite the mess. Yeah, because well, so, dogs eating Taco Bell not good. I mean. I love Taco Bell, but it does have an effect on your system. (laughs) It's just the truth. Oh, man. So, of course, the last time we talked, they still had not found the submersible. And then it was revealed that it imploded, which is very terrifying. Um, It's just I I do want to just like reference last week when I said that these people were probably not okay the moment. They lost contact. Mm-hmm. And that appears to be what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just I'll just add deep sea scientist to my resume. <laughs> Fortunately, though, it appears that from what they say, it would have happened so fast that they like, would not have known. Yeah. I did see this I video mean... on TikTok, and apparently it was uploaded from one of the um the crew. It was minutes as they were getting in and the thing was being locked. They like took, they had to take their shoes off. I didn't even think about that. They're sitting in there in their stocking feet. Their shoes are like off to the side because I guess trying to get as comfortable as possible sitting on the floor of this thing. And then you see them start to go underwater and they're like giving the divers outside of the submersible the okay thumbs up, okay symbol saying that they're cool. And then the the boss, the CEO, he's like, hey, what are you seeing this thing with again? And then he shows this like Logitech controller. And it's all very surreal because this is literally moments. These are their literal last moments. And somehow they're on TikTok. That, yeah, that that blows me away. I, I guess I, ha- I have not seen that, but it sounds super legit. So that's disturbing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he took this video and then immediately uploaded it or it just uploaded itself to the cloud and someone's gotten a hold of it. I I don't know, but it's just. That's crazy. Whoa. I mean, and then you juxtapose that with the fact that we had like 350 migrants on a boat in the Mediterranean who mm-hmm. drowned, but we sent no one to check for them. Yeah. That we was on Twitter. Like, we spent a ton of time searching for these five 
you know, four billionaires and billionaires offspring in the Arctic Ocean, when we pretty much all knew it was very unlikely that they were going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But if we spent, sent just one of those ships, the Mediterranean, Mm -hmm. uh, or if any of the the countries that have military ships in the Mediterranean already had sent anybody over to help the migrants, then maybe 300 people wouldn't have drowned. And I don't know. I'm bad at math historically, but I do know that 300 is a lot more than five. It it is it is it is it is so there's that part of it that like of course everybody has just and you don't want to speak ill of the deceased but you know people are trashing the design of the submersible and they're trashing. I mean to be fair, they were trashing the design of the submersible before it went out. Oh well, that's true too. (laughs) So so I mean, there's that, and then you've got people talking, you know, talking about people with money will just do anything, and then you've got the people talking about the fact that people with money are they're trying to rescue them even though they already really knew their fate but yet these other 300 people nobody did anything so yeah well, and, how, and how many times you know whether it's not just the mediterranean with those refugees like there's an entire history of boats trying to escape you know caribbean countries whether it's you know cuba or whatnot where they're just like well we can't help them till they get to shore like if, if the boat sinks halfway in, in national waters nothing we can do sorry i was like really like let's yeah. let's be less sucky. Yeah, exactly. Can we not be complete and total a holes? Okay, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like let's let's figure it out. Okay, but. this did not become a podcast about submersibles and politics and uh, things like that. But we just it's been everywhere. You have to just we yeah. have to acknowledge it. You have to talk about it. Um, I, I feel like we're not we're not saying anything that hasn't been out there in public discourse. Where there there have been a lot of questions that this event has uh, highlighted highlighted or, or made people have discussions about and and if they're i mean god forbid i do not wish to die in a tiny submersible but if the time that my passing does come it causes people to ask questions about how we do things to society then that is not a death in vain i think yeah yeah oh yeah um last week I told you about a show that I thought you should absolutely watch, and I finished it. It's called yes, Jury Duty. Jury Duty. And I stand by that 100%. It's eight episodes. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it's not a giveaway because we already know that everybody's an actor, but he finds out um, everybody's an actor. And that episode was is the last one. It's so good. It's just so good. And I have been on vacation at the lake and not watched anything uh not even your old standbys not even any of my old standbys i have i have barely watched tv in the last seven days which is super weird and disconcerting wow but i will i will i will be home tomorrow and i'll probably turn all three tvs on so (laughs) I, i i can recap but even with all of that, I, I was able to find an A-side for this week, which oh. the one thing that I do love about being at the lake is going out on the boat every day and every night must end with a bonfire, weather permitted. Uh, I also am ridiculously burnt. Hubris, thy name is Adam. When you go out on the boat in the middle of the afternoon, there's not 
decided to not put on any sunscreen and take your shirt off. And I well, that wasn't like very, uh, you know, I look like, well, usually I don't burn real well. You know, like I historically have not, I've never peeled. Like I still haven't peeled from this one, but I am very, very bright pink red uh, in a lot of places. Um, so um, I, I learned. Al- yeah. But the thing is like, it doesn't really hurt. Oh, well, that's good. Like, like I, I feel fine. Like I slept mm-hmm. okay last night. I mean, it's just visually, it is a very <laughs> clearly that I've been out of the sun. So. Mm-hmm. But well, I was least... able to find a topic. So You're thank least... goodness for that. And you were outside, which is very good for you. Yeah, no, I've I've spent a lot of time outside in the last couple of days. It's been it's been really good. Uh, the I was never somebody who had the opportunity to go to the lake on the weekends in the summer as a kid because we didn't have a place to go. And my parents spent a lot of time planning and saving for retirement and did a really good job of it. So they were able to retire to a place that allows this opportunity. But I totally get it now why kids would be like, oh, man, on Friday, they'd be like, oh, we got to go up to the lake this weekend. And they're like, kind of like annoyed. Mm-hmm. And then I'm wondering, like, no, it was the greatest experience ever. <laughs> like, yeah, you just got to get there and then you're out in the sun and the water and, you know, like, it's just a different vibe. So I understand completely why people have historically wanted to live by water. Because every time I'm by water, I'm in a better mood. They say that there's just something about like being by the water or the beach or something that just mentally mm-hmm. is so good for you. Now, I don't know if it's it's just like the waves crashing on the shore, if it's the sound of the water, if it's the like you get up in the morning. Like I hate mornings, but I love mornings at the lake. So I can get out and like watch the sun come across the lake. I'm sure I guess if I lived here every day, that would probably get old after a while, like anything does. Like I'm sure there are people in Hawaii who are like, oh yeah, it's paradise. Let's go to a luau. But, I was actually you know. it's funny that you said that because I was actually talking to a, a friend at work and she said she like visited a friend that lives literally on the beach like you go out the back door and you're right there the sand the beach the water and um, she was like oh let's go out to the beach and he's like you know I haven't used that door in like three years because her his dog doesn't like the sand so he never yeah. goes out like to the beach like and he lives right there yeah you know, every, you, you find you find ways that like everything becomes boring after a while. Yeah, I, mean, I guess if if you jump out of planes all the time, but by, by the last time you jump out of a plane, you're like, whatever. Yeah, it appeared, you know, it looks like the ground is coming out to me very quickly. Oh, I got a parachute. Whereas the first person to do it with you was like, oh my god, this is amazing, and you're like, man, yeah, yeah. man. You're like now it's just. So this week we are talking about a story that just kind of re-hit the news. Um, due to the fact that it involves a minor so initially uh, the name like names and photos of minors cannot be released Mm -hmm. but this is kind of come back out in the news after it happened last year because finally um, photos of um, the person involved that is the minor and her family and her name have been released so this week we are talking about emma brown emma brown Apparently, um, I should say her her father also almost the victim of patricide. So Emma is 12 years old and she had somehow 
decided to make a pact with another child, another girl that was 12 years old. Now, before this pact was made, Emma seemingly was a typical 12-year-old girl. And they live in Poolsville, Texas. And they had like recently gone to a father-daughter dance at Peaster Elementary where she was a student. She had, you know, pets, cats, dogs, there's pets. She did a lot of activities with her father. One of those activities is in a photo that was just released where dad, it's Texas, where dad was showing Emma how to use weapons. Daniel Brown, he's 38 years old. He actually has an FFL license, which means that he is allowed to not only buy, but sell weapons out of his house. So what does what FFL stand for? It's a federal firearms license, which is provided by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms. So, oh, so it's like even even more than just state. It's like Yeah, so it's a government. big deal. Okay. So it allows an individual or a company to sell, manufacture, import firearms and ammunition. So not easy to get. So I'm sure there's many steps you have to go through to, I would hope there's many steps that you would have to go through to be able to get this license. Emma Brown, again, she's a 12-year-old schoolgirl, and like schoolgirls do, she's on the socials, and she meets another 12-year-old who, due to laws, cannot be named. Mm-hmm. Emma and this 12-year-old, they form a friendship. They they talk, you know, via Snapchat, via Instagram, whatever, and they somehow form a bond, and in this bond, they decide that they are both going to make a pact to kill their families and to run away. So on September 20th of 2022, Emma walks into her father's bedroom, shoots her father. But the plan was not just to kill her father, it was to kill her her father, her mother, you know, the entire family, along yeah. with the pets. It was supposed to be a total wipeout. Um, so she goes into her father's bedroom. Um, it appears at the time like dad was getting ready for bed she goes in the father's bedroom she shoots the dad she goes outside and unfortunately she puts the gun to her head shoots herself falls over in the driveway goodness so a call is made to 911 and of course they arrive on scene and as emergency workers are like in the house you can hear one of the emergency workers say the daughter just shot him in the master bedroom. And then um, there's a silence and then you hear them say nothing. So it was understood that like everybody's getting ready for bed. So mm-hmm. outside Emma is found laying in the dirt road with the handgun underneath her body. Mm-hmm. Both Emma and dad, Daniel are rushed to the hospital. Uh, Daniel actually recovers from his gunshot wounds and is released from the hospital. Unfortunately, two days later after the shooting, Emma does not survive. No, I mean, I would assume a direct shot to the head is a different thing than a a potential like mid-body shot. Yeah. So, of course, upon investigation, police find out about this plan with um, the other 12-year-old in Lufkin, Texas. She was going to pick up her friend in Lufkin, Texas, and then the two were going to drive 230 miles to Georgia. This is two 12-year-olds were going to drive to Georgia? Two two 12-year-olds were planning to drive to Georgia. She was going to drive to Lufkin, Texas, pick up her friend, and they were going to drive to Georgia. Wow. Now, even though the Parker County District Attorney's Office has confirmed 
that there is a second girl. She's not been identified, but she was charged with conspiracy to commit murder. And um, she didn't shoot her parents. She did not. Oof. But they were able to, you know, through the investigation, find like old Snapchat messages or Instagram messages about th- their plans. So she was charged with conspiracy to commit murder because she was conspiring to kill her family. To yeah. Murder. Pretty, pretty much the definition of that, that crime. Uh, yeah. Again, upon investigation, they find out what the plan was, but there is no official motive for why these two were planning to kill their families and to drive off to Georgia. Now, I did find one article in airportsindia.org.im that says that this allegedly was due to abuse, like horrific abuse that Emma suffered at the hands of her father. Um, Daniel, but I have not been able to substantiate that with any other article, but Hmm. uh, this Airports India said that um, she was constantly being abused physically and emotionally at the hands of her father, and that was the motive for this, and maybe that was the bond that she had with this other child that was maybe possibly allegedly being abused but we don't know again i couldn't find any other article to corroborate that story it was just that one article everybody everybody else is saying uh we don't really know the motive yeah and it's it's not like there were there's been mentioned by the you know authorities in any 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 case or any local stories at all right right and as you would expect you know daniel the father leah the mom not really talking to anybody about what's happened um they've actually installed a security fence with a no trespassing sign on their property they put this up shortly after the tragedy so um we don't we, we don't really have the motive officially yet um the torrent county medical examiner's office did perform an autopsy on emma and they did rule the cause and manner of death as suicide by gunshot wound to the head you know it's just i don't want to get into the whole like debate about guns and like accessibility and things like that mm-hmm. but the lufkin communications director her name is jessica pebsworth she says you know it doesn't matter if they're in a small town or a big town things like this can unfortunately happen she says i will say that this case is definitely a time to remind parents that it's very important to know who your children are friends with what's uh whether it's in the classroom social media apps like snapchat tiktok and also gaming um cla- uh, gaming platforms mm-hmm. i would your, your, add your twitch your xbox live all those is it also a good idea that your 12 year old has access to your weapons i mean the argument can be made oh well if somebody had broken into the house and she needed to defend herself but also she didn't need to defend herself and yeah something tragic happened so there's also that argument like it's a lot of responsibility to throw on a child to to know where the weapons are and the idea of the statistically is is someone going to break in the house more likely or is someone potentially use this inappropriately more likely right so are we giving too much access to people with weapons and i understand he had his federal firearms license this ffl but that doesn't mean that everybody else in the family should have had access maybe Um, right and it's i mean i'll be honest it's probably good that i didn't have access to a lot of things when i was 12 years old right i mean 
when you're 12, you're not really thinking clearly at all. It's funny at every stage of life, I think we feel like we know it all. Well, not now. Like I am, I am, I think old enough and mature enough to say, I don't know everything. But when you're younger, I think you feel like I'd like to, I'd like to pretend that I'm old enough and mature enough to say that, but I still say, it. I still think <laughs> I like I'm just, just, just I'm just going to be honest because there are people listening here who would call me on it immediately if I pretended that I was like, no. I don't think I know everything. They'd be like, really? Here's the receipts, buddy. <laughs> I just, you know, you you do at every stage of life. You're like, I feel like I know everything, but you really yeah. don't, especially at 12 or 13 or 20. You know, yeah, you're 20, still, 25, yeah, uh, 42. <laughs> you're still learning. You're still growing. 71. Like everybody's still learning. Like there's like, still stuff we got to be reminded of. Every, yeah. everybody's still learning every day. And we're, and it's easy for any of us to fall into bad habits where we think we know, think we know everything and don't need anybody to, to educate us. And then you're like, well, maybe I do. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's done learning no matter what age. But that is, um, the, like I said, that just popped back up like within the last day because the photos of Emma were finally, and her name were finally released, even though this is a mm-hmm. case that happened last year. Uh, but due to like, you know, laws about minors and things like that, it just, it took yeah. some time. So that is uh, why we discussed that for the B-side this week. That's the, the tragic story of Emma and her family. I will say that like one of the more surprising moments in this, that the other 12 year old was actually a t- other 12 year old. You know what? That's a very valid point, especially being someone that was a friend online. Yeah, I I thought we were going into like, a, oh, this is turns out that it's not, you know, it's it's not really a twelve year old. But the fact that no, this was just another twelve year old. They were like exchanging like strangers on the train, you know, like murder fantasies, and things things went things went badly. Things went very very badly, and uh, yeah. she has been again. She's been charged with conspiracy to murder. She's been. You know, she she's she's gonna be doing some time. Um yeah. and you know, it's like you're twelve and now the rest of your life is gonna be marred by the fact that when you were twelve, you did this really dumb thing that cost somebody their life. And I'm sure at the time it felt like we're just we're just talking, we're just playing with ideas. It doesn't seem real. But you never know how someone else is gonna take it. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the Strangers on a Train by Patricia Highsmith, which is an incredibly powerful book and a very good play where it talks about when you talk to somebody about somebody, you don't know that how they're going to take mm-hmm. what you're saying. You may be saying something in jest or think that they're saying something in jest, but you don't know what their meaning behind it. And it can cause a whole lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. Just there's just so many things to take from this again you know do know who your your kids are talking to do check yeah. your phones i mean when mine were younger i was in their phones all the time who are you texting you know they weren't allowed to have social media until they were a certain age but like with text messages and stuff i was like who are you texting i want to see like and if i saw something that i thought was a red flag i was going to ask them about it because you know what i paid the phone bill it was my phone i let you use it mm-hmm. and i would say like the the challenge for so many of us parents is that what we think is social media isn't even social media. Mm-hmm. Like you may think, oh, I got to ask about you know TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And there's probably two new 
formats that you don't, don't even know about. So it's not just like ask about the things you know about. Like, know what apps are on your kids' phones. I mean, just yeah. from one from a privacy standpoint, but there are apps that you know that are social media apps that will take the rest of us grownups six months to a year to figure out exist that kids are already getting for. Yeah. Like that be real app. I know a lot of people like that. I don't. And I, and then, you know, you have no idea because you have to send it in the moment within so many, within, you know, a certain amount of time and has to be like that actual second. So who knows what your kids are seeing at, at that moment, you know? Yeah. Or, or who they're sharing their location and activity. Yeah. Because you can add just random people on your B rail. You you think that you would be only adding your friends, but then somebody wants to request you, and they've got two, two, three of your friends. You're like, okay, now you got a now person that you don't know that is seeing pictures of your live location mm-hmm. and activity. That can be scary. And let me tell you, there are some people. Like this has become a TikTok trend for some people. They're like, I bet you can't find my location. And they'll go on your profile and they'll take a video and they will down to the street mm. tell you where you are. Like, and they they do this to prove how easy it is, but like, and they're doing it with your consent. But if they can do that, imagine what someone else can do. And you yeah. don't know. And people can figure stuff out using the internet what's in your background like be careful yeah yeah so just oh you have to be so careful you have to even as an adult you have to be so careful um because as an adult they can still find your background find out where you are so Mm -hmm. just be careful Uh, we've all we've all known people that have gone through the whole we met somebody online and then didn't go well and then that person just kept popping back up and there's really shouldn't be able to find me but they do yeah so it's a word of warning for everybody especially for kids know who your kids are talking to maybe you know check don't make them so accessible for them yeah and monitor their phone (laughs) yeah yeah don't 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 leave the weapons around for them to find so easily monitor their phone and uh yeah now that we've thoroughly made everyone comfortable and scared about both <laughs> social media apps and access to weapons time for the ASAP <laughs> my bad my bad no it's good it's it's necessary it's necessary talk all right so as we pivot away from the politics and parenting talk which we could do an entire like spin-off politics and parenting talk that's our politics parenting and like we'd have to do something fun though it'd be like politics parenting and potatoes and it'd (laughs) be like here's the thing about yeah or pastries here's like here's the thing about politics here's a parenting tip and then here's our favorite pastry that we we eat to hide our feelings about all these other things (laughs) the three p's podcast coming soon Uh, but while we're in development of that new podcast uh we still have this one and luckily as i mentioned i am at the lake this week visiting family i get to see my brother and sister-in-law uh out here at the lake a bunch of extended family uh, you know the the street that we all live on now and the the lake getting out every day for sunburns on on the boat and lots of bonfires i i got gas station sushi from quick trip Oh my! Uh, How are you feeling after about. that? 
Uh, I haven't tried it yet. It's actually like when we're done here, I'm gonna go have some uh, some spicy crab roll. So okay. uh, yeah, I'll text you. I think we'll see how you're feeling. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'm sure if, if there's no podcast next week, it is not an in, in incrimination of uh, Quick Trip Sushi because uh, it looks really good, and it was only three ninety nine. So. Oh, cool. Uh, but one of the things that I was worried about is like I'm up here. I've been trying to be outside a lot. I've had friends visiting. I you know visiting family. I haven't spent a lot of time in front of screens, and my phone's a little concerned. Like even I think I got my update on Sunday. They were like your uh, screen usage the last week is down like 75%. Are you okay? Would you right. like to talk? We miss you. <laughs> we miss you. And I'm like, but the fun part is that when you sit with family, whether it's at dinner or lunch or breakfast or, you know, cruising around on the boat or sitting by the bonfire, uh, you start to reminisce and talk about the past and things that you remember. And this week's A-side is born completely out of that, uh, environment where we were sitting by the bonfire a couple nights ago and talking about uh, books that we read as kids mm -hmm. uh, because my mom is a retired second grade teacher so still has a lot of the books that that she accumulated over 40 years in the classroom uh, upstairs in the loft and there's like a there's like a, a futon and there's a bunch of books that you can sit and read and Are books you that i remember reading the very hungry caterpillar <laughs> <laughs> I, I will neither confirm nor deny. Uh, I, I might, I might have decided that my next tattoo is going to be Mike Mulligan and the Steam Shuffle, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but as we're talking about all these old books and books that we that we read as kids and uh, how they impacted us, a book series that I had not thought of in probably thirty years came to mind. And as we're talking about it, the thing that always struck me about this book series is how seemingly absurd it was that we would allow kids in school to read this my parents encouraged me to read it i read i think all 19 of the original authors stories in this franchise uh there are now 160 and still going but the original book which came out in it was originally written in 1924 and was published by Rand McNally. Yes, the same company that would go on to be just the giant maps, the atlases that we would mm -hmm. buy. Uh, so kids, before phones had maps on them, we had to buy maps. <laughs> uh, and I would always get the the atlas map, which was this giant, like large format thing you could have in your car. You could see like the whole state. And then you'd get to like the East Coast states where like they would have separate pages just for the cities, which was always really impressive because I was like, hey, most states are just on one map on one page right which is it was like really cool pages. to like get to the city that actually had its own map you're like man this yeah. is cool. you're like oh i gotta i gotta flip to the back it was like choose your own adventure like now yeah. skip to page 25 it's a lot of fun uh but in 1924 Rand mcnally was publishing books as well and children's books and they published a book by gertrude c warner that was called the boxcar children Mm. And the boxcar children, and this is the thing that's always blown me away, that we allowed children to read it, and then we encouraged children to read it, was it's basically an entire book about how kids don't need adults. Mm -hmm. These mm -hmm. four Alden children, their parents pass away, and they're orphaned, and they decide to create a home for themselves in an abandoned boxcar in the woods. And I remember reading this as a child and being like, 
oh yeah, legit, I could do it if need be. Totally. <laughs> I remember like at my my brother and I were three years apart and we had two cousins who were about the same age. Uh, I was a little bit older than Rachel and Andrew was a little bit younger than Laura or they were the same age. But when we would all hang out at grandma and grandpa's house, or even when they came to visit us in Minnesota, and we are like in the early grade school years, second, third, fourth, fifth grade, we're downstairs and we're playing boxcar children. And it was like, we all live in this boxcar, but like, oh, you're the oldest. You got to go, you got to go find a job and get some food and like bring it back. And the rest of us will be here, like learning how to knit and, and creating soup out of potatoes and stone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I'm like, like this is. This is a dangerous thing to encourage children. But also, it's not like when I read Swiss Family Robinson, I immediately like went and got a shipwreck. You know, it was like Mike Mulligan and the steam shovel. I didn't decide to build a basement with a giant steam shovel because it was there. So uh, you didn't the, read uh, Lord of the Flies cat. and then try to go live on some, you know, abandoned island with, you know. True. I, I did, however, after I read Lord of the Flies, decide that lord of the flies is just an allegory for being on the bus okay because bus the any bus trip with just children and one bus driver who's doing their best to also keep everyone safe driving but also kind of be the only voice of authority over 40 children Mm -hmm. uh that is lord of the flies on wheels and it terrifies me okay uh so i I would rather go to a, a a forbidden like Caribbean island, then get on a bus with 40 children. I'm not going to say I disagree with you. After going <laughs> to the zoo sad. recently and like seeing kids, and I'm like, it's always like this. I don't remember this. <laughs> so, Boxcar Children was uh, mildly successful in its original iteration. It came out in 1924, uh, but it did not really gain a lot of you know cultural notoriety until a shorter version was revised and produced in 1942 and that's when it started to take off and the beauty of the series is that as we're all standing around the fire we've got two three generations of people who have all read these books mm-hmm. like my father remembered reading them when he was in grade school in the like late 50s early 60s i remember reading them when i was in grade school in the late earlys or late 80s early 90s uh, i know that they are still going uh, which kind of blew me away that they have 160 new their total novels at this point after uh, gertrude uh walt warner gertrude chandler warner or gertrude c warner as she's been uh listed as the author both of those uh name variations uh wrote the first 19 books which is quite frankly amazing 19 books for the early 40s and 50s is a lot of books Mm -hmm. uh but then that they have taken on a life of their own uh for the last uh, she stopped writing in the late 70s and for the last 40 something years other offer authors have jumped in and the thing that sticks out to me the most is that the, the original book was about these children trying to survive and finding their way 
in life without adults and then eventually finding out that their grandfather who they thought was cruel and mean is actually just really nice and searching for them for the whole, for the whole time and now he brings the boxcar to live on the land so they can live in the house with and they can still have the boxcar to play in. so very nightly big bow ties Thanks tied for spoiling up that one. Oh yeah spoiler alert for a book that is 98 years old my <laughs> bad what is kind of interesting is that after that, they were like, Gertrude evidently was like, I want to keep writing about these kids, but we've already solved their major, you know, life problems. They've moved back in with grandpa. They're, they're living on a, a nice estate. They you know seem to have their lives back together. So what are we, we what are we going to have, like kill grandpa and then have them do this all over again? Mm-hmm. Luckily, she did not do that. Mm-hmm. They pivot after the second book and all of the books sent all the way up to issue like 160. Uh, they basically become the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew and Encyclopedia Brown all rolled into one. It's a family of uh, detectives and you know crime fighters in a way. And so they're constantly figuring out new mysteries and moving on. You know they don't really age in the novels. Uh, so of the first nineteen that uh, Warner wrote, they age a little bit, mm-hmm. but certainly not in the because it spans you know 50 years when she wrote boxcar children in 1924 then reissued in 1942 and then her last novel was in 1976 so it wasn't she was writing you know middle-aged boxcar children right uh they, they aged very slowly but every story since then uh so there was a gap between 1976 and 1991 they picked up the series again all of them have been kind of trapped in time for the children of their age but each of the the majority of the later written books are set in the modern era where they have been written so whether they're written in the 90s the 2000s or even like the most recent one uh the most recent now there's 162 uh because they i this is new (laughs) information that i have just found uh, like literally, you just realized this. Literally, I thought there were 160, uh, but I now on this website uh, they show two more that have come out. One this year, in fact, called the oh. Code Breaking. Okay. Uh, so all of them have updated the time and place, but kept the kids the same age, hmm. which kind of feels almost like James Bond in that way, where like all the movies about James Bond, James Bond doesn't really age. Mm-hmm. But like all of his gadgets and the threats to world peace kind of ad- adapt to the year and time that the movie is, is being made. Right. Uh, right. So there is the unexpected correlation between James Bond and the boxcar children. Uh, one thing that I am excited about that I did not know existed that I found out when we were sitting by the, the fire the other night and talking about how it was so weird that this is a book that we all know. This is a series that we all know. And yet Hollywood, which is notorious for remaking movies and taking books and and turning them into series and movies, has never really made a boxcar children movie. Part of that might be that if it was going to happen, it should have happened in like the 1950s and 60s, because now it's just probably not going to be something that flies like these children were were orphaned and now they live in a boxcar. Uh, You'd have to update it a lot if you made it a modern story. Right. Uh, But I did find out that there was a 2014 movie uh, called The Boxcar Children that was an animated movie. 
some of the the notable uh, voices in the animated movie were Martin Sheen, who plays the grandfather. Okay. Uh, D.B. Baker, or D.B. Sweeney, who plays Baker. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who most people would know as J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man movies, or, uh, plays the kindly doctor. <laughs> which or is... you might remember him from um, Oz. Oz, uh, or uh, what was the 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 movie about drumming? Drumline. Uh, no, like it was it was him and uh, the guy I don't like who was in Top Gun. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's got a very punchable face. Uh, he was also in in the really bad version of uh, Fantastic Four that came out most recently. Uh, he's in a, he's in a, like a Coke commercial. Uh, hold on, I'll Whiplash. find Whiplash. Whiplash was the movie, and it also starred Miles Teller. Who, Miles Teller, who let's be honest, has a punchable face. <laughs> not, not that I would ever punch him, but it's just one of those, one of those guys. You're like, oh, I don't know if I like that guy, and then you throw a mustache on it, and you're like, oh, I really don't like. Him. Uh, but maybe that's just me projecting. Uh, but J.K. Simmons, who in both of those roles in whether it's J. Jonas Jameson, he's in Oz or Whiplash, you would not expect him to play the voice of the kindly doctor. Right. <laughs> in the box cartoon. Uh, but that yeah, came out in 2014. And in classic Adam fashion, uh, you can only rent it for $3.99. Come on, on Apple. Adam. You can't find it anywhere else. But but it's on I Apple, will... at least Apple. It's not some weird one that you, you like to find these like, weird fubo or well yeah it's 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 available for free on something called hoopla okay but i don't know what hoopla is so i try your own risk because uh, it, it sounds made up uh, but i can tell you this if you have a public library or a half rice books in your town either of those two locations are sure to have a copy of the box card children and if you have not read it in a long time or if you have kids in the grades two to six age that you kind of wish they were more independent and might think about running away from home because they could do it on their own, uh, this is a great how-to guide. Uh, so you can you can give them the chance to read that, and then they'll be like, yeah, but also it sounds really awful because you know they talk about having to hunt for food and like you know beg for food and find you know leftover food that they. So I think. In any way, maybe it was a it was a book that just told me that running away was going to be a lot more complicated than I expected. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why schools and parents have encouraged it for the last almost a hundred years. Oh, you think uh, you can read... do this on your own? Go for it, kid. Yeah, I was like, here, here's a here's a how to guide. And then then kids are like, what's a box car? It's like, already, kid, you're behind. You know? <laughs> Clearly, the the preeminent place to live if you are an orphan running away from uh, society and trying to make. So uh, the Flight of Fancy that was the bonfire talk two, two nights ago turned into the A-side. The Boxcar Children, which has 160 different novels. I've only read 19. And if I win the lottery, which is something I'm saying a lot lately because I'd like that. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I may spend maybe a month just reading Boxcar Children books and uh, maybe doing that live on Twitch or something. Kind of doing like the anti-Twitch, like everyone else is playing video games, right. and I'm You're just reading a book educational. in silence. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading a book in silence. Oh, you wouldn't even read it out loud. You just read it. No, I would just like flip pages. You know, I think there's a following there. 
Yeah, you know what? There's a following for everything. For everything. So you know, I got I got my my backup plan uh, for the future when my lottery money runs out. <laughs> and that very strange segue uh, was the A side. But check out the Boxcar Children if you've never read it, and if you can find Hoopla, you'll get the movie for free. And if not, you can find it on Apple TV. All right. I was about to make a smart comment to you and then I forgot. Oh, man. Don't it, Adam. I'm the worst. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the A side. That is the A side. Well, you know the shtick, Adam? Yes. Uh, check out our website, A side, B side podcast site. On that, you can find all of our uh, relevant links and information and sources. Uh, if you want to watch that Boxcar Children movie on Hoopla, you're interested about Hoopla, then you can find a link to it there and God help you with your computer because I don't know if that's going to give you uh, any spyware or not, but uh, at your own risk because it's never a thing I've well, heard so of. We didn't warn you. We tried to warn you. Also, sorry for ruining the book that's been out for 99 years. Um, <laughs> you can also... Uh, Follow us on all of these social medias. You will have links to all of the major streaming services. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, and that is still your main way to listen to us, but you have accounts on those other networks, it is a super easy and super awesome thing for you to do to subscribe to us on those networks. It costs mm -hmm. you nothing mm -hmm. and gives us a little bit more cachet. Uh, so if you like us and you like the format you're getting us in, that's great. But feel free to like us and subscribe to us on other networks because it will help us continue to provide such engrossing and, uh, such and entertaining engaging and informational. Yes. I mean, we've covered a lot. Uh, and we'll let you can only find out more details about when politics, uh, parenting, and potatoes pastries. Uh, comes out. Oh, I'm sorry, pastries. So it's politics. You know what? Potatoes might be better. You can do so much with potatoes. You can. I think we can do both. We do. Crying. We do politics, parenting, pastries, and potatoes. All right, I'm here for it. It's, it's the four Ps. All right. People are like, "What's that about?" I'm like, I don't know. You gotta listen. <laughs> uh, but you can check that out. You can also donate uh, to Brooke, who does all of our editing, uh, by buying her a coffee at buyusacoffee.com. Uh, you can see all of our merchandise on there. You can buy some of it if you wish. That would be super cool. Our coffee mugs are very good at holding coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, you and can use liquids. them as a weapon. In Well, yeah, yeah any liquid, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but you use them in home self-defense because they have a handle. So uh, if, if you're like, I got to lock my guns up, but I need something to keep the home safe, coffee mugs are always a good idea. <laughs> the handle, you can use that to throw it as your aim. Yeah, it definitely helps with aim. It also, like, if, you, if you're holding the handle and you use the, the mug as a defense mechanism, you're just going to left with the handle. You're not going to hurt your knuckles. But if sure. you try to punch, you're going to hurt your knuckles. So that's why I try to I try to start and end all of my fights with the coffee. Okay. All right. Good logical thinking there. Yeah, so now it's going to be uh, politics, parenting, potatoes, pastries, and pugilistics. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, brother.